Hello and welcome to Theoretically Theatrical. In this series, we peek behind the curtain and explore the world of performance. Today, we're speaking to performer and creativity expert Mehrav Zur. My name is Mehrav. I'm a professionally a theater person through and through. I'm a performer, producer, writer, director. I love all aspects of theater. Besides that, a few other random miscellaneous stuff, but that's my main my main thing. Fair enough. Who doesn't have miscellaneous stuff in their life? You gotta have miscellaneous stuff. <laughs> I like to call it my jumble sale. Uh- <laughs> yes, exactly. What was your personal performance journey like? I always loved it. I always loved doing it when I was little. I never really thought to make a career out of it because I don't know. While I was growing up, you know. I think, well, where I was around, you know, the arts or, or sports, everyone was always like, always have a fallback career, like a real job, you know, in case you need. So I always like, well, what's the point then? I should just go for a real job, whatever. You know, I, I figured that's what I would do, but, you know, um, theater was always a fun thing. Uh, but, you know, then it ended up that that was what I wanted to pursue as a career uh, as well. And um when I started out, I I started out as an actor and I quickly found that, you know, the, the way it goes is like, you know, you have to kind of get an agent and then wait for an audition and then potentially, hopefully maybe pass that audition and potentially, hopefully maybe get that job. And then it's only, you know, a certain amount of time. And then you do the whole cycle over and over again. <laughs> but I quickly realized that I should maybe make my own work uh, because I'm creative and I, you know, I, I, why not? Why not try it? Eventually it was successful and, and kind of something that I saw was doable uh, so that's how, you know, I, I started kind of, I, I made one show with uh, some fellow actors who are, you know, kind of in the same situation and um, then made another one and then made another one. And that's how it continued. It's a great thing to be able to think of something and then have that idea mm. become something that you can actually see and hear and feel and touch. And it's, it's mm. great. Um, you know, and it sounds probably really nice and fluffy, but of course it's not easy. Um, and of course, you know, I started with the very, like, you know, I don't even know what's below bootstrapping, but whatever's below bootstrapping, (laughs) that's what that, like mudslinging, I don't even I don't even know what's below that. I started out as an actor, but also became everything else out of necessity because I needed to be the producer and also the director and also the writer and also the costume maker and also the driver and also the marketer and all, you know so I learned from it all it's all you know I I loved you know learning by doing and I got to you know meet different kinds of people along the way and so it's yeah it's it's been very um kind of like you know this educational type of thing for me it was like really learning through actually doing it Mm-hmm. Completely. I, I I like the phrase, you can turn your hand to anything. Uh, I think that might have started as a nautical phrase, but I could be completely wrong about that. This idea that you have you have something you want to do, but to make that happen, a lot of other things have to happen around it. So nobody else is going to be able to do that for you at the moment. So then you end up doing that yourself. And then suddenly, oh, I'm a, I'm a one person <laughs> event. Right. There's always that phrase that I kept on, you know, thinking of that saying of, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. And like, it's so, 
it's not true in, in many respects because, okay, if you are doing kind of like, you know, a one person show trying to run it all and have it happen, you kind of become this jack of all trades. It's not necessarily master of none. It's just, you know, that that's how it's going to be in order to make you get to what you want. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? You know, so if you want to make something happen, you got to go and make it happen. I'm really glad you brought up that phrase because I get to say, hey, I learned this thing. Uh, apparently that phrase uh, used to be longer. Uh, so it used to be okay. jack, jack of all trades, master of none, but better that than a master of one. I love that. I know. I have to frame it and put it up. Yes. Yes. Fully restore respect in whoever <laughs> and whoever created it. And I'm just appalled at whoever chopped up the rest of that sentence and made that continue because yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you kind of feel like people change that for their own means, or there there must have been yeah. some. It might not have been nefarious; it might have just been shorthand. But you kind of get the feeling. I wonder if that was done to like uh, push people down in some way. Oh yeah, definitely it was. And then <laughs> and and it's so horrible because the original seems like that was the opposite intent. So um, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. See, you learn something new every day. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you are now at this point. You're uh, you're making productions. What was it like setting up a theater company? It wasn't what I originally went out to do. I started out with that, you know, one play, and when I saw that it was successful, and there was sort of like, kind of you know, curiosity around when the next thing is happening, and is there another thing, and. And so then there was another thing, you know, it went on to work on yet another play and another play. So that was kind of like this repertoire that built even before, you know, this, there was this idea of a theater, but then I said, okay, yeah, here, here's a theater. And it was, you know, uh, essentially like a, you know, theater company, not a, not a brick and mortar, unfortunately. I mean, that was also a dream, but on the other hand, it allowed me to, you know, travel around and figure out solutions to other dilemmas and and challenges when you're on the road and you have to perform in spaces that you did not rehearse in (laughs) and there are other you know things that come up or are missing or whatever so you know that was also a a kind of fun and and a learning opportunity keep learning and and keep doing and you learn from what worked and you learn from what didn't work and kind of have this evolution and process while still being able to do kind of different things. What were some of the favorite productions that you put on as this company developed? I really liked all of them, even the flops that never made it. Like, you know, <laughs> when I when the process for for me was like, you know, if I thought of an idea and, you know, then like you got to write it up, you got to rehearse it and then kind of pilot it, test it out with a real audience. So some show ideas that I had never made it really past paper. Some never made it past like a rehearsal or two. And, and there were a few that, you know, made it to a performance, but <laughs> never passed that first performance because they were just, it didn't work or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, but, but I liked it. I liked it all because it's like, you know, now in retrospect, I laugh at a lot of things. So it makes me laugh. Um, it may, makes me, you know, I, I learn from things. So, um, but, but the favorite ones, well, I mean, I guess almost all of them incorporated some sort of musical element. I like them all in their own right. And each one had its own kind of different journey, I guess. Um, so I really do, you know, I, I really do like each and every one of them because it's each one is like a different kind of, you know, its own thing in a way. Yeah. And I guess you'll have 
personal memories attached to them because you were so involved in the process and you simply yeah. worked so closely with everyone involved. It, it, it would be hard to look at a project and go, there was nothing I liked about that because there'll be something personal to you. Right. And even, you know, the ones that, that were uh, flops, like some, I was like, eh, I don't know if this is going to work. And sure enough, it did not. <laughs> but some were like, I don't know if it's going to work. And it kind of did. But, you know, so, yeah, there weren't if, if it was something that I really hated, I wouldn't have it wouldn't have gone past, you know, and there, there were ideas that, you know, the kernel of the idea was great, but I could, you know, there it just didn't I don't know, I didn't have time for it or it didn't develop in anything. Mm. So it was scratched early on. A subject that you are you're very passionate about as a performer is improvisation. So could you tell us a little bit about uh, improvisation within theater? There's this whole thing with theater uh, in itself that I really firmly believe should be studied by every person mm-hmm. in school. I really think, you know, you, you learn math, you learn language. I, I really think you also need to learn theater, just like, you know, athletics and everything. It's important. There's so many parallels of it to real life. Um, so improvisation, which, you know, if, if there are listeners that aren't quite sure, it's just basically unscripted in the moment acting when you're on stage. But I really believe that improv has so many uses in real life. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love it so much. I mean, I love that. Um, I love that unscripted kind of um, I don't know, kind of, um, it's kind of this, a little mini adventure. Like you don't know what's going to happen with improv on stage. Um, so I really love that. I love seeing things that are improvised. I love watching movies and then later learning that, you know, this particular scene was actually improvised and it wasn't originally in the script. I love that. Um, because it's kind of like this magic that happens in that moment and improv itself as, as an actor, it's an art in itself. Um, a lot of you know, proper theater actors don't consider um, improv as an art, but but it is. It's like within itself, it has its own uh, kind of skill set and and rules and things that you kind of have to uh, to know how to do. But the foundation principles of improv, you could just totally use that in real life, and and I love that. It's this whole concept of yes and. Um, which basically translates to uh, two parts. Yes is on stage accepting, not necessarily saying the word yes, but accepting whatever is presented to you by your partner mm-hmm. um, or partners on stage. And and is that additional thing that you have to contribute. And both of them are used to essentially propel whatever the scene is forward. That's your goal. Your goal is to move forward in the scene and not to let it die and just stand there. And, and people are like, well, this is boring, you know. Um, but in real life, you can totally use yes and for many, many things. And it's just this concept that kind of gives you a different perspective at things and um, lets you kind of also go with the flow. And then things that maybe you weren't expecting happen, happen, but, you know, like good things. So it's, um, I love that concept. Oh, completely. I agree. It reminds me, especially when you're talking about um, perhaps certain uh, professed traditional theatrical authorities might not perceive improvisation as part of the art form. It reminds me of jazz, jazz music, and how um, there was a distinct group of musical scholars who did not perceive jazz to be valid. Um, Correct. 
And now jazz is the base and the building blocks of a phenomenal musical movement that yeah. is considered and everything to be- we know today. Exactly, completely. And yeah. one of the big features of jazz is improvised solos. And yes. yeah, that just woof, it makes the mind light up when you listen to them. So for me, improv theater is a bit like a fantastic jazz solo because you are working within structures. The structures are there, but you are moving amongst them in um in spontaneous creativity, which is very special. Totally. Yeah. And it's kind of like putting your humanness to work. It's like something that like humans are able to do uh, versus many other animals. Let's say it's something that you are able to do. Like you can really kind of explore and show off in a way, like you can really do so many things and just think of like, you know, if there was never that first person that tried it, you wouldn't have gotten all these, you know, pieces of, of art that, you know, you wouldn't have been able to inspire another, you know, I don't know, musical genre even. I mean, so many musical genres are based on jazz as well. And all of these artists that we know and love, Mm. they, it's all, you know, it's kind of like this incredible feat that people are able to do, Mm. especially with the music, which I think, oh my gosh, that's like a talent on its own. I just think, wow, a person picking up an instrument and and have something come out of that. That's a, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I love that also in improv, you got two people, uh, at least if not a few more going up, uh, when we're talking about, you know, theater improv, they're going up on stage with nothing. There's nothing. It's just the two people. They don't have props. They don't have a script. They don't have a set, anything. It's just them. And they're making something out of nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, same with, same with jazz, you know, it's, you got the, the musician and the instrument, maybe a few others, but they didn't set anything before and you get this magic in Mm -hmm. a few minutes. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's allowing time for that as well. I feel like it it would be wonderful to, and I know they exist uh, for productions to have maybe more traditional elements of a, of a show and then leave space within that show for improvisational. Uh, It reminds me a little bit of that. Did you ever see the TV show, the thick of it? Uh, it, it was, the, it, yeah. there was like a film called In the Loop. It was by w- one of the creators okay. of The Death of Stalin. This was like an early project of theirs. Um, and they always ran the scenes twice. They would run, uh, for the TV show, they would run a scene and with the, with the actors following the script. But then they would run a second scene where they just said, go crazy, say whatever you want. And oh, they, I love that. They often went with the second take. Yes, yeah, and they do that a lot also in in many now in many uh, TV shows and and films. Um, not you know everywhere because it depends also on the director, I guess. But yeah, they do that a lot where they're just like, okay, here's our you know kind of uh, set of circumstances and maybe like the structure of the script, but just you know go with it, mm. and it ends up you know being cut into the the piece and used and it's great because of course it's going to be you know if it's good it's it's going to be great it's going to be very useful and relevant to the mm. story because it's it's taking that moment in the moment like you can't get better than that so it's um so i love that oh i i can completely see why that reminds me very much of the fact that script writing is like writing music you know you're you have the basic 
blocks there, but you need someone to perform it for you. So on that note, how for you, how do you experience writing for theatre to be different for other forms of writing? I always have to keep the audience in mind because you want that rhythm to be relevant. You want that, you know, the content. Sometimes I've also done, a, you know, children's theater, so it has to be appropriate, has, you know, <laughs> like things like that. Um, it has, you know, there, there are a lot of different things you have to take into consideration. So it's kind of a different form of writing. Um, but, you know, for me, I, most of the stuff I, I'd written, if not all, I think was, was, you know, I had the script knowing full well that going into rehearsals, it could change because I loved adapting the script to what's going on in the moment in rehearsals Mm -hmm. and then adopting whatever it is into the script. So like, oh, okay. You know, a joke came up. Yeah. We're putting it in or (laughs) this didn't work. We're taking it out, you know, because that's when you really see, you know, the words come to life. I spend more time on the actual production process of putting it on stage and the words were like our kind of backbone rather than spend like years on, you know, um, this script that I just, you know, I would have to perfect or whatever, knowing that anyway, there would be, you know, gems of genius during rehearsal. So like, I might as well, you know, so my focus was always on getting it up there and, and seeing how it works Mm -hmm. when it's kind of live. Yeah. You could perfect things forever and they will never be perfect. It's and that yeah, because there is no perfect. Yeah, I do have a show that's a solo show, but all my other productions were with other uh, characters and cast members. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you are going to have multiple brains involved, and that is a good thing because you have different perspectives, and therefore there will be different feedbacks and maybe different ideas that come up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great to just kind of, you know, see, I mean, like, I, you know, I had my own story and my own vision, but if it's like, you know, something is working or not working, mm. why not incorporate it? And then there's always the thing where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I wrote some things that were purposely ambiguous because I did not know the space we were going to be in eventually. And I didn't know about, you know, if the, our set was going to be ready or not, or there or whatever. So there were some things that I, I took into consideration. Why do you think that performance or experiencing performance is so important? I actually think that theatre should be learned uh, as, as a whole. That is even like the history of theatre, how did it start, you know, everything from like, you know, the kind of the theory part and also um, the practice of, of, of theater, but not just uh, performance. Mm-hmm. I would have everyone dabble on everything because it really is a collaborative effort to put a production on stage. <laughs> and that is, um, and it's, it's a great thing to know that and to experience that how much you can contribute and how much you also rely on others. And yet you're not done yet because the audience is also a part of that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's such a like collaborative thing and it's a great magical thing to see and experience. And you can't ever really 
explain it. So like, until you don't do it, it's, you know, you won't really understand. And it's not necessarily for like, you know, theater people who love plays. There are a lot of people that it, that is not their cup of tea and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone loves everything, you know, not everyone's into sports and not everyone is into music and not, you know, mm-hmm. and that's fine, but trying it out is just important because yeah. besides that, the experience you also get in theater, you, you also get to learn a lot about life. Um, and it sounds so like kind of, you know, out there, but, but it's true. There's so many, uh, ways you can learn about just how people work through, through working on, you know, a a play you learn about like, you know, why people do the things they do and the crazy things they do. Why are people so complicated? Why, um, you know, are situations sometimes there and, and are so dramatic or annoying or weird or whatever, you really do learn that. And most importantly, you learn empathy. You learn kind of how to understand even, you know, the villain or the bad guy, why they did what they did. Mm. Not necessarily to say, you know, everyone's great and everyone's whatever, but you understand, you know, why people do the things they do. And it's just, it just gives you a kind of like this kind of built-in therapy session because you also end up, you know, mirroring it and that what you learn to kind of apply it to your life. And you learn, you know, kind of what you're learning in, let's say a play, Hmm. you're like, Oh, that's what happened to my family. You know, whatever. Like you kind of figure things out. Even when you go to a play, I mean, the whole point of the show First of all, it's to entertain, but it's also kind of to make you think. And if a play is able to make you kind of think about, you know, something that is happening in your life or happened or whatever, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes you understand it or see things differently, or I don't know, do something about it. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's an amazing, you know, uh, quality for something like that to happen. And of course, sometimes the goal is just mainly let's have fun, which is also great. Like, you know, it's, it's good to just kind of escape for a little bit. Um, and, and so I think, yeah, theater is just important to learn because you just, you can apply so much of it to everything. If it was given equal focus at an early age, there's a discussion going on right now about why certain groups of people, why there are more people, certain groups of people within certain professions. So that could be men, women, people of different ethnicities, uh, different backgrounds. And a lot of it comes down to uh, not all of it, but a lot of it comes down to education and where you were encouraged to go at a very young age. And I feel that, and this, I'm sure, I'm sure there's somebody who was uh, an expert in this area could say it a lot better than I can. But if you were encouraged to think, maybe this is something that I could do, this is something that uh, I would, my voice would be valid in, then we would have a greater diversity of experiences on stage and that could be explored dramatically. Um, And I would love to see that. I would love to see a greater variety of voices because uh, I think that is changing, which is wonderful, but it would be so nice to to see more people's experiences explored. And I think that, as you said, that emphasis at a younger age would really help people think, yes, this is something I can do you know, it's, it's okay. And yeah. And, and even if if other people think it's not okay, you know, who cares? I know it's okay. Yeah. It's uh, absolutely everything you said. It's, it's so true. I mean, the whole part of it, not just seeing also that, 
you know, if you, if you learned about the production process when you were younger, you can learn that you can do it, mm. but also it just, it, it just really shows like, okay, I can accept the other person in, you know, my neighborhood, in my job or whatever, just like I worked with, you know, that person and, you know, in a show and I can, you know, and, and also it, it lets you kind of, um, it really, because there's that whole thing of acceptance, cause you have to kind of, okay, this is the team that's going to be working on the show. We got to work together. So you got to accept them. This is the team that are going to be portraying, you know, these characters, we got to go with that. So that whole, you know, foundation of acceptance is just perfect in real life. Cause like you said, if we, if we really truly understood that, then we can really have everyone's voice be heard when they are trying to create and share and whatever. Um, and that's great because everybody has a story. Everybody has a story and we are not hearing all of them. Um, as it is right now, we are not hearing all of them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so sad because just think of like, you know, that first time you heard, you know, I don't know what, whoever's story. And it was something that you never even knew was possible. That's just really just barely scraping the surface. There's so many other stories that you didn't even know were possible. Um, and it's just important to, to, to talk about. So yeah, what you're saying there, there has been some change, but it, it needs to go further. And if we had if we had more people in the theater uh, from a younger age, they would understand that this is important. That we need to see. First of all, we need to have the arts. We need it. We need it for life. We need it for just you know our our mental health. We need it for everything, mm. both to do it and to see it. And we also need it because, again, and this is why I think it's important to learn even the theater theory of theater because at the root of it, theater is telling a story and hearing a story, and it's almost always either a personal story or a complete fantasy or a little twist of both, but it's just there to, you know, that that's what we want. We want to have our voices heard and we want to also hear other voices because it makes you think it makes you grow, you know, so that's important. Yeah, absolutely. Bang on. Thank you so much for coming to speak to me today. If people would like to hear more from you or or see or read more of your work, where could they go? Probably easiest would be to go to my website, which is um, www.mayravzor.com, M-E-I-R-A-V-Z-U-R.com. And there you can see a little bit of my of my stuff, not everything, but a little bit. And always, and there's a way there to, you know, reach out to me and get in touch either through the social media links or through, you know, contacting me even by email. I'm very responsive. I love to hear from people and meet new people um, and kind of connect. I love being able to talk all things theater or also random miscellaneous stuff, which as you know, is also important. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. You can hear more from Mayrav on her website. I'll provide a link in the show notes. If you want to suggest or submit a short story or a subject you'd like us to cover, then contact us through Facebook or Twitter and subscribe if you would like to hear more. This has been a Yorick Radio production.